Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The first four hours were simply in a moose-bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Yeah, I'm good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. Is that Tony who says, hey, I'm good? That's not no. Tony Soprano? I don't think so. What's I don't think Tony's from? in that. It's from The Sopranos, but I don't think Tony's in that one at all. Polly's in there. We're brought to you by Extend Technologies. What? That, so when he says, ah, I'm good. That's not Tony Soprano? I, I have to go look. I have if to Tony was going to have a dessert, what was he going to have? Tiramisu? Uh, I don't know, but how disappointing was the, was the movie on Netflix? Didn't see it. Many Saints of Newark? Haven't seen it yet. On HBO? It was just disappointment because nothing can live up to that. Yeah. And you're thinking, well, they, they could go so many different ways with this because of all the characters. A prequel, you could just let your mind run wild about the opportunities to expand uh, all these all all these different narratives regarding the characters and then they just they just swung and missed. I am freezing. Double A might have to go get my hoodie. This is as cold it's as pretty I've cold. been in yeah. this room in my life. Holy Jesus. It is so cold in here. Tone, who do you want the bronze to draft? Uh just because you were so anti Pickens, uh became <laughs> it became George Pickens. That's who I want. You want George Pickens now, George Malik Pickens? Yeah, and we joked on the air about how Andrew Barry, and we should have been fair to Barry because it's every GM. I thought we were fair to How Barry. you're going to say, no matter what, we had a first-round grade on this player. Even if it's the draft that that's supposedly has, has the least amount of first-round picks ever, according yeah. to some, uh, it's amazing that whatever we say, and people say, well, JOK last year, they had a first-round grade, and I said, but that's the point, is every team, no matter who they get in the second round, their reasons... That guys fall to the second yeah. round that just aren't talent. Sometimes they're in a regular heartbeat. Sometimes they're an ACL injury. Sometimes they were used the wrong way their senior year. So pretty soon we have thousands of first-round picks. Teams say this about guys all the time. Do you remember the dude from Oregon? Uh, was it Ikpe, Uku, Amalu? If Ikpe, F- 
F.A. Olamu. I'll never forget, and this is no yeah. shade on Nathan Zagura. Shade. But Nathan Zagura. Ife Ekpre Olamu. Nathan Zagura, yes. I'll never forget, came on and said, that was a first-round pick. That was a first-round guy, and they got him in the seventh and round. And even Olamu came on and said, I did not know that I would be in the NFL. Yeah, and he wasn't. Because he had an ACL tear. He had both. I think he had he both. Had two yeah. ACL tears, I think. I said one ACL right. tear. I didn't say two. So, so I get it. Every and fan base. Not an Elizabeth Franklin, though. No. Every fan no. base. It is the excitement about the draft. It's what you love about the draft. But my You don't cy- care about the draft. It's my all. cynicism because yeah. I watch GMs every year and fan bases every year say they're a better team today than they were this morning. And it's not well, no accurate. Bleep, you should be. But no, but it's not accurate. They're not. Because well, nobody how's wants that, to how's take. That, how's that true? Because teams assume they got rid of. The um, they got rid of the the bad players and the draft picks they assume are going to be the good players and it's like no actually oh, actually overall, actually the players you drafted might be worse than the players you left you got rid been of there the yeah. wide receiver that the Browns take at forty four could be worse than Jarvis Landry they could yeah. be that's a fact yes. but we don't even consider that in a million years no we don't could be worse than Donovan Peoples Jones that's a fact they took Vince Jarvis isn't on the team so yes the draft pick made them better. Because they added a and player that's, yeah, that that's what people will have. say. Sure, um, but another thing that is interesting. Yeah, our boss just asked me off the air. Now you're going to bring it to the air. Why? Are you, why do you care that the Browns don't have a draft pick? By the way, I don't. I would have traded thousands of first round picks to get to Sean Watson. Yeah, that's that's how important it. Watson is. Yeah. But he said, "Why well, the Browns a better a better team than they were before they got Watson?" And I said, "I did a well actually in real life instead of Twitter." I said, oh. well, actually, going into last year, we thought we had the most complete roster in the NFL. And we weren't alone in saying that. Other people from around the NFL said the Browns have the most complete roster. Really? Right now, I think we have a less than complete roster compared to last but year going in. Going but into are we the better? season. Wouldn't you say yes? Are we, would you mean, do, will we have more wins than last year? Yes. Meaning, because or, that's or, what better means, right? Yes. I'm not trying to make this hard. I, I think so, because I, I really believe in Watson. I don't know how many games he's going to start. If he starts all 17, I'd be inclined to say that. But I don't know that the roster is as complete compared to what we thought it was going into last year. Hmm. Then we saw the games and saw the offensive line struggle here and there because of Conklin and Will's injury. Then, obviously, Jarvis was banged up. Uh, again, the secondary was banged up, but that's kind of what you get with Greedy Williams and Grant Delpit. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, these holes emerged throughout the season that fans did not think they had. We thought we had the most complete roster in the NFL. Will we be saying that this year, that we have the most complete roster in the NFL going into the no. season? I don't think so. No. I don't, certainly not. So now Watson has to be, be able to say that. So Watson has to be this much better, and yeah. he will be. He is better than Baker Mayfield, and better than an injured Baker, he better be a lot better. Uh, cool Trav says, by the way, that is Tony who says I'm good. He's mm. off camera though. It's a scene where Paulie is running up to pay the ta- running up to the tab because Chris has to pay for it. He's running up oh, the they're tab. Setting at a tab. Oh, that's right. I'm go find it. I'm the one that's, that made it. That's great. He was so cheap. I like starting a fight between you guys. And Chris, Chris you wanted Chris Screw wanted him. to be a made guy, and he wanted to be a made guy. But uh. the responsibilities that came with that I means you got to pick up. You know, just like the NFL, yes, they're gonna have a thirty thousand yeah. dollar dinner on you, money yep. bag. Here we go. You guys want no dessert? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. 
what the hell was I going to say? So, you, but hey, let's just be honest. You've never really been a big fan of the draft because of your cynicism. Because the Browns have always drafted at the top, and you reached a point. Now, I don't know which which point yeah. it was. Maybe it was, it was a Bo Bell. Ooh. I don't know. The See, point, from St. Augustine. The point where you just went, you know what? We do this every year. I'm sick and bleeping tired of this. Yeah, yeah. I think if every year you're being told, if you're a cynical person, there was a year that did it. Yeah, and if yeah, boy, I have to go back. Um, I will go back, but I, I'm still not cynical for whatever reason, which is probably to a lot of listeners stupid out there. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I, I think with it's you. In, part of it is my nature, without a doubt, that growing up, if everybody likes something, yeah, I always was like, why do you guys like this? Why do you guys really? And it'd be devil's advocate thing, fair, without a doubt, fair. But I would also say, I'll tell you this is I think that it's my fandom. I only would do that with the Browns. Like, the Jets. Yeah. Ryan Wilson. Ryan Wilson. Ryan Wilson's a nice guy. Zach Wilson. Like, you just told the world you were taking him, and you wouldn't think anything else, wouldn't think about anybody else. And I thought their reasoning for it was stupid. And I'm sitting there going, what's the point of being being this excited for the draft if you're a Jets fan? Mm-hmm. Which any Jets fan would go, why would you be excited for the draft if you're a Browns fan? So it's just who you like. That's all it is to it. And I'm willing to admit that. That if I wasn't a Browns fan, if I weren't in Cleveland, obviously I would feel differently about the draft. But for whatever reason, I still feel, even without a pick, and I'll probably feel this way next year, the same way about the draft. The draft to me has always been cool. I Albert Breer said that he missed it on Saturdays, which I guess we could have a... Discussion mm-hmm. about that tomorrow, but when I was a small child, my parents, because some people ask, like, was it for, like, you, you needed a separate timer for chicken? And it's no. A lot of, before there was, like, a clock on the stove, a lot of old stoves. Like, I'm 35, Lima's 40. There might be some really young listeners here who don't know. There wasn't always a clock on the stove. Mm-hmm. And my stove did not have a clock. A lot of stoves didn't have a clock. So you would have a timer or no, 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 no. I beg your pardon. Take that back. You had a, you might've had a clock on the stove, but you didn't have a timer on the stove. That's it. And so you'd have a timer and the timer was usually either like a white timer and you would like twist it and I it, had, it would yeah. have an hour. It had an hour on it. Or you would have what is a, I called a chicken timer and I was able to find it where you would twist the chicken. It was like in the shape of a chicken. You twist the chicken and the chicken, it was just a timer that was made to look like a chicken. That's all it was. So we had one of those. It was called, and I called it a chicken timer, which was actually like one of the regular twist timers. But it had like a chicken head on it, I think it had, and like feathers painted on the side. And it was like a chicken timer. Mm. So that's what I called it. And I would take the chicken timer on Saturday morning, and then i get ready for the draft. Noon would come around. I swear to God, turn on ESPN, set the timer for 15, and... We're off and going with the NFL draft. And I would sit there and stare at the TV for the next four hours going through the first round. Because the first round was always interminably long. Oh, yeah. And one of the best improvements they ever made was cutting down the time of draft time. They finally did it for television. Because I remember being five years old going, come on, you guys got your pick in. Let's go. Let's go. What are we doing? Why? I had no idea why they were doing that. Why would they do that? I mean, ask it off for 15 minutes. You guys have had months and to get you ready could for even this tell, You can even tell. Yeah, the first round, there are enough storylines where they can fill. Yes. You get to the third round. They just don't. And then the picks start happening, you know, quicker and quicker and quicker. And then go, they're behind and you're missing they, all the picks. Would they cut it down to 10 minutes at later draft rounds back in the day, too? I thought it was always like no, 15 I thought minutes. later. I thought the second day. Yeah, day especially, two was much, 
The okay. Gene Upshaw day was yeah. much quicker. It was basically just Gene Washington. It was Gene Washington. It was basically who would come just just run up to the podium. Gene if you Washington, have your pick, Gene Upshaw might have come out, but it was Gene yeah. Washington who would take over for Tagliabue. Run yeah, up, right. make your pick if yeah. you have it. Um, okay, so I went back. By the way, I I still to this day, in two thousand, Courtney Brown goes number one overall. To this day, I think Courtney Brown he'll be labeled one of the busts. One of the all-time busts. Well, that's yeah. another conversation. He would have been. He's Greg Oden to me. Would have been sensational. Bingo. I, that's why I don't want to label him a bust. You I'm, could see it too. I'm too nice. Go back. I can't believe you're this nice. Go enough. back and watch some of the games where he popped, and you're like, "Holy sh! He is unbelievable. He's unblockable." The injuries. The injuries. And I know the 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 quiet storm got used against him and. You had Tim Couch and offensive line got battered and bruised. You didn't have an offensive line, so you were worried about offense. But you were hoping when you take Courtney Brown, then the following year you follow that up and take number three overall. Yes. You take Gerard Warren. I like Gerard Warren coming out. So I, I was on board with those two, those two picks. I thought we were going to have a dominant defense for years to come. I was not a big fan of Gerard Warren. Maybe um, his profile is what I liked about him. I, I, I thought he was going to – just clog the lanes, just just allow Courtney Brown I'll just to do whatever forget. the hell he wanted I on the pass rush. Like, I remember listening to like Roadman, and he's like, you know, I hear this guy's injury prone. Yeah. I hear this guy's injury prone, injury prone, injury prone, injury prone. And then he had injuries. Yeah, and It was so terrible. And I agree. That's I don't like calling Courtney Brown a bust for that simple reason. I don't like doing it because if you come into the league and you just suck – you're a bust. Mm-hmm. If you come into the league, you don't work hard enough. Vernon Golston. And you suck, you're a bust. Yes. But I don't did, – did we ever find out that Courtney Brown didn't put in effort? I don't think we did. He I don't ju- think we did. He just so couldn't stay healthy, exactly. and he was a shell of himself. There were games where he dominated. Yes. I swear to God, there's a highlight reel where you look at him and you go, wait a second, he's got this many moves? Yes. He can do all of this? And he's that much of a specimen, and he's that quick and explosive. Now you're gonna make me go through the. Now you're gonna make me go through all this. I have to do. We should it. do a game film. We should watch. Oh no, Courtney Brown highlights. That. Not just that. Here we go. Bust or no bust. Tim Couch was he an actual bust? He ends up. Yeah, he ends up being a bust. Even though he took him to the playoffs. Injuries. Yeah. Injuries. Yeah, but his injuries, I don't, I don't put in the same category like I do Greg Oden, like Tim Couch. Should he have been out of the NFL as quick as he was? Did he latch on as a backup he, at all? No. He, remember, he went to Green Bay and he got cut. His arm was dead. That's why oh, I wonder about the arm? That's why I brought up the injury. Yeah. And now it I looks guess... like he can lift a whole house. He's, you know, he's big. He's cut. He's jacked. He's gigantic. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess you'd be right. I think you would have wanted to see better play out of him when he was healthy. And you really never saw number one overall pick talent. You never saw that kind of talent. You saw a guy who should be in the Man, league. I, you saw some... Chad Pennington talent, right? Mm. The Tim Couch not, uh, was at least. Man, he had some great. <laughs> I mean, he had some great. He had some great games. Yeah, that Hail Mary. About a dead arm, though. That was Chad Pennington. I know. That's why I brought. That's why I brought up Chad Pennington. He came back twice. Come back player of the year two times. Yeah, what? Career. Jets and Dolphins. He took the Dolphins to the playoffs. Yes, he did when the Jets had Brett Favre and Tom Brady yes, was in did. their division. Wow. Although I think that was the. Was that I remember liking was Chad hurt? Pennington out, coming out of college at Marshall. Now this is back when I was young and naive. But you, but when you're young and naive, oh, remember you remember when we were kids. You didn't have a chance to overthink that stuff. Yeah. You're just like Chad Pennington will be great. Don't worry about mm-hmm. Chad Pennington. And Chad Pennington was a good quarterback. Yeah. But like now I go, 
out. Marshall his hands. Da, da, da. Remember when he hurt his wrist? Yes. At, uh, oh, my God. That was terrible. What, wasn't there a time in the NFL where there were three Marshall quarterbacks that started Him, last week left in the NFL? Left which, Who's the third? Randy Moss played quarterback. I swear to God, there was a third. He I swear. Was. And then we had a we had a season when Brian Hoyer was starting where there were three Michigan Jay State Williams. quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, Courtney <laughs> Brown said no. A what? A bust? Not a bust. Okay. If you're calling Courtney yeah. Brown not a bust, I, I, I'm sorry. I disagree. I don't think that Tim Couch can be a bust. This is the show tomorrow, by the way, if we don't train. Mm. Um, William Green. Wait a minute. Gerard Warren. Gerard yeah, Warren. It's, it's number three overall. It's got to be a bust. He he had a long career. He did. Is there a difference between overdrafted and bust? Well, what? how many Pro Bowls did Gerard Warren play in? Oh, uh, not play in. Did he? None. Did he? Yeah, I think zero. None. But he was overdrafted. Mm-hmm. Is that his fault? Well, it's like just, Ted Ginn, Ted Ginn man, had an amazingly he, long career. He was he was a considered really a bust. Career. He was ninth overall. He was considered a bust for five years, and then yeah. it was like, holy! Pff. He's this like, guy, you could not only can you use this guy, he's in huge playoff games, yes. making plays like all over, and he never had good hands. That was the thing about Ted Ginn; he did it all, not having good hands and still being one of the fastest guys in the league towards the end of his career. Yes. What a career by Ted Ginn! How much might he make? How much might a Ted Ginn a make load, in that's the NFL? What he made. He made a boatload. He made a bleeping boatload. Good for him. Jeremiah Farms. Jeremiah Farms. I don't know why I said Holy that out loud. Holy cow. I do not mean I did not mean to say that out loud. William Green. Bust, no bust. 16 overall running back who had what? Two and a half good years. That's not what you're looking for out of a running back. Uh played 46 games. Whoa. That's a bust. Whoa, 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 whoa. His entire career? William Green's a bust. Man, running backs. I th- I, I'm not making a joke here. I thought William Green might have passed. He's actually still alive. And my analysis Ted, of this was, okay. man, running backs. <laughs> Ted Ginn made uh, $40 million. I thought he made more. Wow. That seems low. Jeff Fain. He was okay. 125 games. Yeah, he played He played a bow. Whoa, that many games? Yeah. Ten-year career. He played for the Browns, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, he had a season with eight games in Cincinnati. I think he only played 16 games once. Uh, I'm not going to mention the guy in 2004. Why? Not going to do it. Why? Not going to mention that guy. Kellen Winslow. So, uh, what year was Kellen Winslow? 2004. Okay, 2004. I was down at Miami for, was it Ghetto Fest? Did Miami have Ghetto Fest or was it Green Beer Day? Do you want to... Be careful of what you're saying. That's here. This literally like this what was printed. Literally was printed on all the shirts that everybody they was wearing. It that yeah, it was either. But I don't remember if that was Miami or Dayton that had the ghetto fest because Dayton had the UD ghetto. That's what they called it again. Okay. And I thought Miami had ghetto fest, but it might have been. You understand? This sounds like appropriation, right? Uh that is. I mean, do you know the origins of the term ghetto? No. Okay. Well, look. At, we'll look it up on off the air. Okay. But anyway, so I was down there. A bunch of the West G kids. I mean, I do, but I really don't want to get into the whole. That would be in Miami. The wonderful annual holiday is a Miami University tradition. Every year in the in the ghetto, I guess that's a place, right? Yeah. Students gather to cause general mayhem, and there was mayhem, and we celebrated, jump for joy about Kellen Winslow. 
we were so excited about that draft pick. I was not. I thought he was. I swear to God. Well, first thing is, I thought he was going to be his dad. I thought he was more talented than his dad. And so I'm like, we just got a Hall of Famer. So and, did he. And by the way, I was twenty. I was twenty one years old. So yeah. you don't think about sports the same I way. I was sixteen. I'm thinking, well, his dad was a Hall of Famer. He's more athletic than Wait, his dad. He's going to be seventeen. He's going to be better than his dad. That's a guaranteed Hall of Famer. Browns just took a Hall of Famer. He's going to redefine the position. Wrong. He ha- he was a Pro Bowler in 2007. Braylon Edwards. Bust, no bust. I was pretty excited about Braylon too. He wasn't. A now bust. part of it was he had torched uh, a guy that wore 37 for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I saw that, and I was there in Ann Arbor for that game, and I was like, Braylon Edwards is going to be a problem uh, in the NFL. I don't think people said that back then. It's going to be a problem. Oh, no, he was a problem for the Browns. That's what he was. And didn't he get in a fight with LeBron James? Yes. I thought it was his people. It was his people, yeah. yeah. Think about that. He had a good season for the Browns. Think of all the people you choose to have a beef with. Think about... That's how you knew he was full of As a quick aside, boy, that's a... That's that's some bad judgment on some people. When you consider the amount of people that LeBron has helped mm-hmm. in business circles that he has come across over time, uh, think of Rich Paul. Hey, Rich Paul met LeBron James, saw him. Oh, the jersey. Now, Rich Paul, one of the one of the most powerful agents, not in sports, yep. in the world. He's one of the most powerful agents, and he's dating Adele. Okay, imagine if Braylon and his people just said, LeBron. Let's all help each other out here. Let's uh, imagine what we'd be saying about Braylon Edwards today. Probably something a lot different, right? Sometimes you make the wrong judgment you in life. You make the wrong yeah. judgment. You pick the wrong friends. <laughs> Cameron Wimbley. He had one great year. Nine years in the NFL. He had, well, he had one great year for the Browns. He had one great year for the Raiders, didn't he? Let's see here. Sacks. He had 11 sacks, 2006. Holy cow. It was that's, rookie year. That's really good. Then he had five. Then he had nine with Oakland. Yeah, he had a good career. And he was taken 13th overall. It was yeah. a fine career. Joe Thomas, obviously not. Bo Bell was a fourth-round pick in 2008. Oh. That was your first pick. That was your for What happened to all our draft picks? I forget. Who did they trade? Who did we what trade? Did they do? Was that Jeff Garcia? No. How do you not, if you're the Browns and you're I can, bad, I can open up another page. how are you the Browns and you're bad and you don't have a pick until when? Fourth round. <laughs> how does that happen? That was was that after Joe was taken? Holy <laughs> Jesus! That was the year after Joe. Way was to taken. help him out, because that. By the way, oh my God! When you when you think about how you make it work in sports and drafting, it's not just hitting it out of the park with a LeBron pick or a Joe Thomas pick, right? Or a Miles Garrett pick. It's hitting it out of the park the next year. That is what the Ravens did. When you do it multiple years, what did the what did the Cavs do the year after LeBron? Was it uh, the white dude from Oregon? The shooter, Luke Jackson. Oh, my God. No. This is why they didn't have picks. Brady Quinn. Oh, my God. Who is a bust? Oh, God. He wore a Browns jersey when he was young. He did. Had he not have done that, had Brady Quinn not have had that Christmas gift, one holiday season that was Cleveland Browns on it, do they do that? Do they make that move? I don't know. What a turd of a draft. Bo Bell... Martin Rucker, Ataba Rubin, <laughs> hey, the good one, yeah. the good one. Then Paul Hubbard and Alex Hall in the seventh round. Yeah. Good for Ataba Rubin, though. Had yeah. a nice career. Alex Mack, number one overall, not a bust. Joe Hayden, not a bust. Phil Taylor, not, not a, a bust. bust. Hey, here we go. Just wasn't Julio Jones. We're getting real talent here. Yeah. 
Trent Richardson. You know what? That's it. Stop it. The Julio Jones thing. That was the day my spirit, my spirit left me. We found it. We now found I don't it. Have to do this we anymore. found it. It's we over. Found it. There I knew. It is. I knew it would come up. Yes. Because. All right. Because. <laughs> that's good to hear. That Withdrawal started. That's what does what does uh, what does Doc Brown say in Great it, Scott? Well, he says Great Scott. <laughs> Also a tavern in Northeast Ohio. Like it's 88 miles an hour. You're going to see some serious. That's what he says. What does he say yeah. about a line? Where we're going, we don't need roads. What does he say about there was a skew, a skew in the line or or something uh, where on at that moment that you time continue you created an alternate alternate yeah. universe anywhere you're at just call for Al. You created an Wrong alternative movie. universe where you had here are these Browns fans who support everything the organization does, no matter what, because why they're the Browns. Yeah. So we're going to trust them, no matter how many guys they fire, no matter how few games they win. We are going to trust them, and if they are trading for more draft picks, and they are trading down in a draft, by golly, they're making the right move. And now all I care about is draft picks. And on that day, it Me. started a war Me. between Browns fans. Forever, that would determine how future Browns fans and then Sashi Brown. It became the triple down on that. Um, we don't have to relitigate that history. Me. But I was one of the you guys passed up Julio. John, now who would Julio have been with? Not who would he have been. He would have been good no matter what. But would it have meant a lot more wins? Who's I was throwing doing, to him? You know, I was doing. I was starting. This is great. To do sports talk radio at another radio station in Akron that no one could even hear here. And um, it was at the time, it's still technically sports. Um, and they were like, yeah, let him, he can muck around, do whatever he wants. And I was, I said, I justified it saying that Julio Jones is a deep threat and that Colt McCoy can't throw the ball deep or whoever the hell the quarterback was at the time couldn't throw the ball deep. I don't even think it was Colt McCoy. So you didn't need to take. What year was this? I don't remember. Oh, eight. So you didn't need to take. No, it wasn't Colt McCoy. Somebody else, but I said you you don't need to take him because you can't throw the ball deep. So it was a good move to take Phil Phil Taylor, and it was if if you would have just been drafting there, it would have been a yeah. fine move to take Phil Taylor. Yeah, he got hurt. He was a pretty good player. He was fine. I like Phil Taylor, and I like Phil Taylor the dude as well. So I I'm always touchy about that because I really there's certain players that I just like personally, Gary Barnage, Phil Taylor, and I'll just defend those guys. Like they well they they picked up Phil or they picked up Gary Barnage in free agency, but you get what I'm saying. Like Buckwild, Billy Wynn, nice guy, really mm-hmm. nice guy. Those are like I, I was defensive of that, but the argument mm-hmm. for it, God, I laugh myself off the air if I tried to say that stuff now. It's just ridiculous. All right, we got to the crux of your your general. It was in, cynicism you, with the draft. Okay, we don't have to do it anymore. So, do you think that's fair or unfair? It's fair. Be- because it did start because a war. If, if you, because Julio fans. Jones is clearly yeah. better in his position and the better overall player. We we can we can admit yeah. that. I'm sure Phil could admit that. To sit there and defend it, I've just gotten used to it. Yeah, you let it bother you, so I can understand why you'd be <laughs> you'd be cynical about that and be like, no, not all these moves are good. That's why you're a four win team every year. You can't sit here and tell me these moves are good when you win four bleeping games every single year. You people just want to root, and you don't know what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say if I were you. Oh, Actually, oh. I wouldn't have said that if I were you because I didn't say that when I could have been you. Now, I do think Andrew Barry has has earned some trust, and I also think mm. Andrew Barry, you know who he also benefits off of? Yeah. Who? The guy before him. S- John Dorsey? The two of them, even though they have completely different 
Styles. Technically, it worked for John Dorsey. You now have added actual talent. Think of how easy it seems now. Yeah. JOK. Look yeah. at him running around on film, making plays. Take him. He's good. Yeah. Den- Denzel Ward. Look at him. Look at him in college. He's incredible on the highest stage. Biggest games in football. He's good. It looks easy now. Miles Garrett. Granted, he was number one overall. But doesn't it look easy? Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. You, all, the, all the evidence is there. All these guys dominated. And now they're dominating in the NFL. Why did it take 15 years for all the Browns front offices callers, to find good players? Because, because any Gary in Bedford or Mike in Brook Park would call up and be like, these guys are trying to be the smartest guys in the room, Ken. And I'd go, no, you just don't see it that way. I always hated tonight. that. And guess what? I always Mike hated and that Gary term, were right. But I hated that term. But they were right. Yeah. They were right when they said it because try- they were trying to be cute. Because this is what you, you fire general managers – and they all come in, and they feel they need to reinvent the wheel. And John Dorsey didn't reinvent the wheel. The guy's a good player. I'm going to take the player. Like Baker Mayfield has played well. Yeah, yeah, I don't. He's not Josh Allen. He, but there's He's not there. There's enough there, both in film and college in the NFL, to see he I could mean, play the position. It, it's still like Lamar's an MVP. We'll never be able to take it away from him. I didn't know that. But if I, you, I didn't know that he'd be able to do even half of what he's done but so if far. You, I actually defended Lamar like crazy. If you only play. Eight years, eight years of great football, but if you don't, like, have any playoff runs. Yeah. I mean, you kind of become Ken O'Brien, who, mm-hmm. who was in the playoffs, by the way. And I know it's a different time, different quarterback, all that stuff. Triple overtime game but against Bernie. You can throw for all the yards in the world, and he did. He was one of the great quarterbacks of the 80s. He, He's um, forgotten. Why am I drawing a blank? Dave Craig. Dave Craig, but they ultimately, like, eh, you know. Like, outside of Cleveland, do people know who the 1980 MVP is? No, nope. Steve Grogan. So it's it's difficult. <laughs> Sorry, and I think that maybe Lamar might fall into that that s- scenario where he's not a bust. You knew he's a good player, but is he Josh Allen? Yeah, yeah. Baker up in the air. Sam Darnold. Nope. Rosen. Nope. Lamar. Nah. Josh Allen. Hey, that type of thing. is Rosen not in the USFL right now? I don't know what he's doing. I have no idea. Me with the, the Falcons doing. still? No, he is he, out he of the league. He should be studying a... his boards right now and go be a doctor. He probably should. What he needs to do. Uh, d- d- we're, I weren't. I weren't even. I was going to have personal information shared here. Did you want to talk about your uh, little tiff with Sarah the other day? Probably shouldn't have said it like that. Which one was this? Which one was bad. this? The pregnancy where you said the the the, the cupboard slammings and the whatnot and the. Uh, you don't need to do it. I don't re- no, no, I don't remember. I gave you advice because, well, not advice. I give you so many of these things behind the scenes. Because so. you said, <laughs> I don't remember like, well, which it, one. Because she was upset about the kitchen, the size of the kitchen. Oh, you yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I said, hey, I stepped in it too. No big deal. I stepped in it way worse than you did. Well, yeah, I had to overpay for a house because of it. <laughs> those, those meltdowns end up uh, creating it's just basically a loss of my entire career savings. <laughs> my lifetime of savings is going down the tubes this week. That sucks. But we're going to be happy in our brand new house. That'll be great. Thanks to Ryan of the Young Team, there Keller you go. Williams Metropolitan. I can't, can't believe you're willing to say it now because I've been waiting. Um, but there's also where you, she was upset about the size of the kitchen. Oh, she's losing her mind. Well, yeah, there are hormones that are acting up right now, obviously, for good reason. You tell them they're losing their mind. Can't do it. That doesn't no. help. You just have to say it's not about the size of the kitchen. It's yeah. how you use it. It's how you use it. Bingo. Or the kitchen was in the pool. Mm. Or just got out of the shower. Right. Or the kitchen had a long night of drinking. Or I'm falling asleep while using the kitchen. Yeah. 
or the kitchen just and, secretly was in the bathroom while you were putting the kids um, to sleep and can't perform. Yeah. Yeah, all those things in play, absolutely. As long as she's not using your friend's kitchen, you're fine. It's true. It's a very good point. <laughs> there was a moment I told you about this. We Lima's going through a lot of change. He's going to be moving. Someone said I'm having the most boring midlife crisis no. in well, the history of mankind. Because everybody else, first off, you're 40. Right. That's not midlife. You, you are? Stop. I'm only going to live till 80, right? Yeah, midlife crises usually come in their 50s. Yeah. And I don't think you're going to have a chance for a midlife crisis. No. Anthony, I, might have, busy. I might have a chance for a midlife crisis. Your kids will be 12 during your midlife yeah, crisis. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Like, think about this. You're, you're five years older than me. Mm-hmm. What's 15 years from now? I'll be 50. That's when Jonah That's when Jonah will graduate high school. Oh, my God. Seven. I'll be 50 years old. You will be 55. And your daughter will be 15 years old. Do you realize you're going to be getting... So she'll to, be hold on, just real quick. getting into it. You're going to be getting hammered with your kids at, at uh, Father's Weekend down at Ohio State or Akron. You're going to be playing beer pong. You and your My kids, sons are going to and college. Your kids are going to be throwing other I'll boys. I'll be sneaking whiskey bottles into the Ohio pen in Mansfield. When I think of your kids throwing other college kids' heads into the drywall uh, over a gambling debt, like it's going to be sensational. Your kids are going to cause so many problems to other kids around the country or around greater Ohio. My kids are going to be problems? Oh yeah, they are. They are going to beat the piss out of other kids. Whoa! Do you even understand? Axel. Because well, I already told you, Axel. Your kids are going to end up being bullies. His name is Axel. They're not going to be bullies. Yeah, they will. But I already told you why. Because you were worried. They snitch on each other constantly. I can't help it. Uh, Yeah, I know. Karen Carmen. I get it. But they're they're going to protect each other because they're going to have each other's back. They're going to be cool. In that regard, they're going to be good at sports. They're going to be good at football. They're going to be in the cool kids club. They're not. That's not true. Why do you say Axel's that? Axel's not why so are, far. Why are you not six. willing it into existence? He's only right now. six. You're being such. He's not that great. They're just going to be. But they're going to be big. They're going to be imposing. They are going to create what havoc. What is this fantasy that I cannot? They'll have access to sporting goods. They that will you, have access oh, to those yeah. things. You did not. They have. will have access oh, to those yeah. things. But I'm and they don't getting a, personal training from and, a Hall and they of Fame left tackle. I'm they will six. not have a shame bush That's true. To, to run away from. And Joe Thomas is going to come coach your kids. Yes. He's going to give you – Deke. Deke's going to be alive forever. He's going to be coming to coach these kids. I did kids. offer Deke. I said, listen, my son is old enough to do manual labor. I don't care. I'll send him over. Of course, Human. he might just walk right into Lake Erie, and that'll be the end of it. Wait, did you just think about this? Streetsboro is going to have the best offensive line in the country. They're going to have two or three Carmens. They're going to have Deke and Joe Thomas come Untrue. come coach yeah. them. Doing the Untrue. personal coaching. This is going to be a powerhouse. Folks, if you're having a talented Move kid, if you have a quick kid, nice. if you were fast, you're going to have a kid that's going to be a great running back. Run behind the Carmens and the Streetsboro offensive line. A- Axel is, well, I, I would assume if, if Eli were to play, I'd assume he'd be a downhill linebacker. Oh. He really loves to run into things. I don't think I, I don't know if I don't know if any of my kids are gonna play. And I, I'm I'm not that dad. I would love for them to play football if they're up for it. I'm not gonna force them because football and wrestling are not for every kid. But I like them to do that. How do we get on this subject? I was gonna tell a nasty story about one time I snapped at Liz when she was pregnant. And almost caused me to leave the house for a night. Go ahead. I'll hear that. And you're sitting there laying out all my son's future, which none of this is true. None of that is going to be true at all. Um, one time, 
when Liz was pregnant with Axel. She was upset. She was really upset. Like, uh, crying at her body because, you know, your organs are shifting. To, to, they are shifting. To, you know, make room for the fetus and all that. And oh. finally, I'm finally, one day. The placenta place when I'm learning a lot a, about. Me such more a Dr. terrible. Spock. Yeah. Such a ter- What did I? I said something to the tune of. I said, you're the one who wanted this. I gave it to you. You don't have the right to be upset. That's exactly what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> Couldn't have been a worse and, thing. Uh, and, uh, I mean, that was, that was bad. That was That's as bad as it gets. probably what the worst thing I've ever said. What a stupid idiot. Yeah, right. That was the dumbest, worst thing I ever said. But I you said. had probably kept it in for so long, it. and you that was the meltdown. And frankly, and this is going to be a touchy moment, I didn't work with Anthony yet, because it's... Pony was on the phone with me yesterday after he got done screaming at me over what we had said about him. <laughs> and he goes, do you have fights with Liz? And I go, no. And he goes, really? I go, no. I go, well, you have not had a big, almost said a cuss word there, sorry. We have not had a big fight in years. And he goes, why? And I said, honestly, it's working with Anthony. Because, and even a little bit with Kevin too is when I started to change. Because arguments become just a conversation. Now I get loud and angry with you. I can't get loud and angry with Liz. I'm I'm a foot taller than Liz, and obviously mm-hmm. much larger, and my voice is booming, and it can be scary for her. Mm-hmm. And I mean that, and I don't like that, and I don't want to be like that. I don't like that. She's much smaller than me. You're a grown man. You can deal with it, and you're cutting, and it's different. But it's the arguments are just conversations. They are these are discussions, things that need to be resolved. They're nothing to sit there and go get mad get angry, say nasty things to each other. That's not the way it's supposed to go. So my relationship with Anthony has helped me in my relationship with my wife. Um, but, yeah, that was the na- – I feel bad about that. I, I, You wanted it. Uh, I gave it to you. I, you don't have the right to be mad. The sad thing is what issue I just had was almost a carbon copy. Not as bad as that. That's not nearly as bad. It was that pretty, ain't good. It was pretty close. And I, what you said was you were moving. uh, The way I said it, (laughs) it it was it was. Oh really? It was one of those. You never want to start an argument with somebody else with an oh really? Oh really? Oh really? No, never good. Notice they don't do that uh, Harvard debate prep. They don't go. Oh really? No, they don't do that. That's both Lincoln and Douglas's. That's not a parliamentary (laughs) procedure. Is oh really? When John Stewart and Bill O'Reilly. Debated. Now, when Bill O'Reilly and Geraldo debated, <laughs> that was a part of it, which is more like my parents when they would argue growing up. That's true. There's also a thing where you have to, you do have to have that untrained. Um, my parents got in loud arguments, mm-hmm. got in loud, uncomfortable arguments. Terrifying. Was it terrifying? That. Was it hide under the blankets bad? Because we had a lot of those in the Lima household. Um, yeah. And remember, when the tears are falling down and the blanket is over you, there's really nowhere for those tears to go. I think that that was my parents' biggest mistake, is when you're an only child and you're in a small house, you shouldn't do that in front of your children. <laughs> you shouldn't argue like that in front of your children. You shouldn't fight, and that's a fight. You shouldn't fight like that in front of your kids. Uh, me, I have memories of that I'll never forget. I'm 35 years old. Let, let me add that when you've smuggled the dinner... The McDonald's dinner upstairs and under the blankets. I never had to do that. And the tears are falling, and you're eating your McNuggets because it's all you could afford. And the the heat has been shut off because you can't afford the normal heating and cooling. And again, the tears are streaming down, 
And you're starting to wonder why couldn't it have been another family? Why couldn't you have been born into any of the other families? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.